The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we pick up our conversation with Brian Cox, CFA. Brian and I have been bouncing investment ideas off each other since we first met. And little known fact, Brian started his own hedge fund last year. In part two of this conversation, I ask Brian about his investment philosophy, where he sees opportunities in the market right now. We also discuss a few other topical issues, investing in treasuries, inflation, and commodities. Let's crack right into part two. How would you describe your investment style? I'm very contrarian on my point of view. I like it when everybody hits the doors because it's pretty easy to see where the opportunities are because I'm always looking where those people all ran from because there's usually something of value back there. The first five months of the year were choppy for financial markets, but overall fairly positive. What opportunities do you see in the market right now? Banks are interesting because there was a lot of money that got scared there for a little bit. I remember I was watching some of the banks and that morning it was very exciting. And then Every time I get really excited, though, it seems like the Fed moves faster and faster. So you have a shorter time frame to go get what you want. And so it brings you to like Charlie Munger, you know, opportunity finds a prepared mind. Banks have came down quite a bit. So you've got good opportunity where you're seeing below book value on some of that stuff. It's just it takes a little bit to run through their business model because COVID really gave some one off earnings that you have to kind of kind of sift through to get an idea if the bank is actually a, a good bank that gets good return on their capital. I'm kind of in the boat that these are the the early issues. These are the people who had really bad balance sheets and they got forced into problems, not so much the the ones that that basically like eight months from now, I think we'll see some problems for certain institutions, which I'm not going to say it's going to cause problems that would challenge their business model or put them out of business. I think it's going to make them weakened where as an investor, if you do your due diligence and you look into it correctly and you look at the market that they serve and if you can find those, you know, and get them in your little list and be watching whenever fear comes into the marketplace again, because it will in banks, then you're ready to go and you can get some good values at that. So I'd say, Banking is something that maybe I'm not putting capital to work today, but I'm building my hit list of what I want. And then um, I like some some REITs. Uh, REITs are getting thrown out because right now the whole news aspect of it is office buildings, you know, it, it doesn't work in the work from home scenario. But in those REIT indexes, there are a lot of interesting niche REITs that might not have office, you know, opportunities. And so um, the other thing that a lot of the guys that catch the headlines are saying, oh, you know, they got big debt structures and interest rates going up. That's bad for them. Well, if you kind of look into their debt structures, some of them have pretty well managed debt structures where if you really think in three years, we're going to be at higher interest rates from today than lower, 
then yeah, I, I mean, you could do that. But I, I don't really think that the government has the political will to, uh, or ability to not cut rates in the next two to three years. So I've been looking into certain REITs that have really strong operating portfolios that also have good debt structures and they have different levers to pull on that. And so that's kind of something I've been looking at as well. So those are those are the two things that have kind of jumped up on me. Given the current debt ceiling standoff, what are your thoughts on investing in treasuries right now? I like treasuries right now. I run three to six months and we're getting, you know, like around 5% on those. I, I stepped into brokered CDs a little bit too. You know, those are a lot less liquid, but you can pick up another 20 to 30 bips on top of that. To me, having treasuries just, it's great for this kind of environment because if you do have a banking crisis tomorrow and you're in all treasuries and you're an investor, rates are going to drop pretty quick. In treasuries, you're going to have gains in that and you've got the ability to sell that and roll right into whatever you want to. Are we taking for granted the fact that the U.S. has never defaulted on its debt? This might be one of those things where, like we were talking about, you get used to something and you go to sleep at the wheel on it. Maybe that's what it is because through my life, it's always been, oh, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling, yada, 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 yada. And you just start to kind of tune it out. But it probably would be smart to one day wonder if in a risk scenario, what would happen to us as investors if they actually did something like that. But I hope not in my lifetime we ever have to deal with something like that. The Fed stated that rates could still go a little higher and will stay elevated for some time. You mentioned having confidence that two to three years out, interest rates will be lower than they are today. I agree with that. Clearly, the yield curve being inverted presents good opportunities in short-term investments. However, rates moving lower will reduce yields across the curve. What is the case for long-term bonds? Let's run through this year, right? Let's say the Fed goes ahead and does two more 25 bips, and let's say they cap out at 550, right? Well, if the economy is still humming pretty good, you know, you're going to start to feel stability, you know, right in there. And if you don't see inflation coming up, then you're going to start thinking to yourself, you know, I kind of feel like this is where we're at. I've got excess money over here. I don't really see where I want to put money to work. Valuations are high. Then, you know, that's a pretty good place to be putting that slug in out there. Because like what you said, it's perfectly right there. You get your, your hedge on the back end. Because if they take rates back down to zero and a quarter, you'll pick, you know, 10 15%. I, I think it is a good thing. You know, like even for young people, because on asset allocation strategies, I don't like bonds really in there if you're young. And especially don't like bonds whenever rates are zero. That's the thing that kind of surprised me that a lot of people, you know, kept that in there for younger folks and everything. And so, like, the whole thing now, we're getting up there and you start feeling where maybe we're getting a little toppy in rates. That is where you bring bonds back in because they actually serve their function of gaining more return as rates go back down. Now, with you being a cattle kid from Missouri, I cannot let you go without asking about commodities. What is the commodity play now? They've enjoyed quite a nice run the last few years. Uh, Inflation is still running high, which suggests there may be more room to go. China's economy is reopened, and they are a big consumer. What supply and demand constraints could the commodities market benefit from? Well, you know, with inflation and everything, commodities are, are great. Anything's better than cash when you've got inflation, you know, running rampant and everything. But right now you've got some weather issues hitting cattle. Uh, so specifically, people don't have a lot of grass. Water has been a little bit of an issue. 
the whole China turning back on thing, I, I don't know. I, people have been talking to that for quite some time. And I just don't know if it's really there um, like it needs to be. Oil is such a such an interesting thing because so the people that got all snooty about their money, I mean, I love that because they brought the whole ESG thing in, which has said, I don't care if I make money. I want my money to be in happy places. And so with that whole aspect of it, which I just find hilarious, that really hit the oil industry and created a lot of really good opportunities for people to go sit. I mean, you look at Buffett buying Oxy. There's a reason he's buying Oxy. So, I mean, from a commodity perspective, I think I think you've got some really good supply-demand metrics in there because people stopped drilling, and you've got where people still use tons of oil. So, you know, that, that just helps on the price side of things. I think food prices from an inflation standpoint is really where the Fed is probably focused on in some senses because that flows through the chain, you know, and really causes problems everywhere. And, and you can see it in prices of corn is up, you know, fertilizer is ridiculously expensive right now, the equipment, all the steel and everything. And so I feel like the values are running up on that. And it's just one of those things where, Oh, I think it was Howard Marks or somebody was saying that, you know, a trend, everybody believes in a trend, but they don't really look the other way that it can come back down. So I, I, once again, contrarian in this, these things that are, you know, great investments right now, they're ones that I'm writing down on my list. If the price came off on the commodities, like in the oil and gas, I would probably be looking to add because I think from a longer term standpoint on it, I, I think that a lot of it is just kind of man-made constraints that we're getting in on our supply and demand we're um, negatively impacting the supply. It's going to be profitable for investors. And you can get it better because the ESG funds won't go in there. So, you know, that's like tobacco, same thing. You can buy British tobacco today and you can get a great yield and they're moving into marijuana and vaping and everything like that. And, you know, a lot of people won't own it. So, you know, I always say take the dividends and contribute to a philanthropy that you like. You make some interesting points regarding what are sometimes known as vice companies, alcohol, tobacco. If the economy softens, there could yet still be some opportunities there. Look, people will cut back spending in a lot of places. However, they tend to consume just as much, if not more, of those vice products. Well, and, and you know the thing with that too, because they always call it a vice. I mean, you can do the same thing with sugar. I don't know them personally or anything like that, but I think Buffett and Munger are you know, just very ethically strong people that have great mindsets and the way they want to do business and everything. But I, I guess the only counterpoint I ever had was he, he said he wouldn't buy a tobacco company, but he bought Coca-Cola. And I would argue that Coca-Cola is just as bad as a tobacco company because of the impact they have, they have diabetes and, you know, being overweight. At the end of the day, anything anybody does with excess, you know, it can be bad. So I think that everybody has their own belief structure and their own way of viewing if it's right or wrong and you know, guide your capital the way you want to, I guess, on that. Brian, thank you for coming on The Whip. Please consider coming back in eight to 10 months to discuss the banks, the economy, investment opportunities. Okay, yeah, I had a good time. Next week is another big week for corporate earnings. Amazon, Costco, McDonald's, and Shell all report, and The Whip We'll be there to tell you what happened. Join us next Friday for that and much, much more. Thank you for listening, and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.